Three, two, one. Gentani! How's my Italian, Ralph? That's the, like, <laughs> as soon as Very I heard good. that in the, in the Godfather, I was like, damn, I have a new way to say cheers. Bada bing. Is that the actual just definition? Yeah. Is it just cheers or is it some other? Is there more yeah, to it? Yeah, that's fine. Cheers. Okay. Yeah, that works. I'm Adam from Your Movie <laughs> yeah. Sex. I'm Ralph from Your Movie Sex. I'm Ralph from Movie And I'm Alex from IHE. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm ill, everybody. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sick. I think I've got it, guys. It. Yeah. I'm sick. Yeah, it. Am I allowed to say it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess God, so. How do, how do you even broach this? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I've got COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got no way to test for for soitin, but it's definitely respiratory, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it seems like a huge coincidence to have the symptoms that I do. Yeah, this is not a bit, everybody. <laughs> this is, uh, we were talking about this before we yeah, started. Yeah, no, I wouldn't joke about this. Like, <clears throat> yeah, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody. Um, I can definitely see why it is uh, causing the problems we are currently in, because mm-hmm. uh, it is horrendous. And I'm pretty sure I'm... I, if I do have it, it is only a mild version, luckily, because I am only 26, so I'm looking mm-hmm. pretty good at the moment. Um, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. And so you've had symptoms for like about a week or whatever, right? Yeah, it would be a week tomorrow, because at first I thought a couple of days passed and it was seeming seemingly kind of going away, and I thought, yeah, what, for most people it kind of sticks around for at least two weeks before you know you get some reprieve mm-hmm. but i have all the symptoms still well some of the symptoms uh so i gotta apologize for my voice sometimes and one of the, mo- the more annoying things i'm experiencing is this really strange kind of dizziness or fatigue or yeah. i've been describing it like i i'm just a constantly a bit drunk so mm-hmm. <laughs> if i say anything stupid but i apologize all right <laughs> And by the way, everybody, we're not forcing him to record this. <laughs> we were like, hey, you can take a break if you want. And he's insisting that, that we keep No, doing no, the it's podcast, fine. So. Well, I can sit here and talk about The Godfather yeah. for a couple hours. It's fine. Yeah. Okay. Not that extreme. <laughs> How are you feeling, Ralph? Uh, I'm fine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> compared compared to Alex, I'm doing great. Okay, rub it in. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen any movies? There's no movie news or anything. So we should just talk about The Godfather. I mean, if there's anything you guys have seen. I've I've caught a couple Netflix things, but I mean I'm not going to talk yeah. about them by myself if you guys haven't seen them. I saw Tiger King, I saw <laughs> Beastars, I King, saw uh, the Platform, but I don't know. I'll have like a quickie yeah, of those things one. out the in a couple days a anyway. One. Did you watch any of those? No, no. I, I watched Turnt. I watched a movie called Turnt. Turnt, which was really bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was on Netflix or anything. <laughs> How was that? Um, but Other my my bad. brother said like the platform was like the next big movie, and everyone's watching it. Yeah, I don't know why. And it's like the metaphor was really on the nose. I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't want to watch that crap. I'll watch Turnt instead. It was way too obvious and way too preachy, and uh, the filming style kind of reminded me of like Cube in terms of like filming concept take a room and then pretend mm. it's many rooms or whatever but yeah it was just kind of it's kind of dumb <laughs> it wasn't good it's and Spanish nobody likes there, the right? ending yeah it's weird that's what's really oh, weird okay. about it is like every once in a while there'll be this like big foreign horror movie and i'll be like man there's so many better foreign movies out there like and this is the one that everybody's seen right now so strange you think it gets a pass because it is 
foreign. And it's a horror movie. I think that's more the past. I think people have low expectations. Yeah, I think it's the horror movie more than anything. I think that's the aspect. And it also pretends to be a lot smarter than it is. So, all right, okay. I mean, yeah, there's there's people that might gravitate towards that. But not trying to throw shade. It's okay if you like it. Uh, I did not. And uh, even the people that love it don't like the ending. I, I don't know. The ending was bad. It wasn't like bad compared to the rest of the movie. It was just, <laughs> just bad. <laughs> <laughs> In line, yeah. yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> I guess Godfather. Unless you want to describe what turnt was, because I don't really know anything about it. No. <laughs> yeah, what's, okay. what's turnt? No, you got to <laughs> say. You turnt? can't just bring it up and not say. What's it's turnt? a movie. Well, I watched it just because the title, and it had no. a million dollar budget, and yeah, it's like a really, it's really cheap, really bad movie about like a rapper who's making an album called Turnt, and he gets shot on the street, oh. and like some guy tries to avenge him. It's really, it's dumb. Okay. <laughs> but it had a cool title. Was it like on a streaming website? <laughs> It was on Amazon Prime. That's oh. where I found it okay. for free. And so, like, I didn't want to judge it too harshly. I heard that uh, South by Southwest is, like, doing their film festival online through, like, Amazon Prime or something. But it's only for people in the oh, U.S., okay. so... Oh, I don't really? know if that's happened already, but oh, you should okay. check it out. Yeah. I've never that's gone awesome. to South by Southwest. Oh, shit. I guess it might might have already happened. Oops. No, it says postponed. Okay, well... Yeah, I don't know. Look it up, because <laughs> it might there might be something like that. Uh, that sounds cool. Yeah, it was canceled. But there's and so many movies I online. see, like Love on a Leash too. Like that was on Amazon Prime. Like, oh. A lot of people just put like whatever movies on there. That yeah, are really weird, and I, I like checking them out. <laughs> dump whatever you want. You on find there. some gems. I've definitely curated a watch list of things that look terrible on Amazon Prime. I haven't I haven't done much watching on Amazon Prime, but I've definitely curated a watch list of things that I might yeah. check yeah. out in the future. I found like a whole series of like Roblox machinimas on Amazon Prime. Really? It's like just all sorts on there. Yeah. Like just anything is on there. <laughs> Streaming's it's the cool. future. Yeah, man. And then you have the Amazon produced shows, which are like hundreds of millions of dollars. And they get like yeah. big stars. Yeah, and Oscars. And you have that next to Low on a leash. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Yeah. Banned from IMDb. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to introduce the film, Ralph? It was your recommendation. No, it was, it was uh, Alex's recommendation. Yeah, it was mine. Oh, yeah, it was. Wow. What, because I'm Italian? Yeah, I that's why. <laughs> I forgot. It's a great movie, though. Yeah. Alex, go ahead. Unless yeah, you so want me I... to say it. <laughs> Well, why don't we take one each, seeing as there is a trilogy and we're doing the whole right, trilogy. Sure. So I'll do the okay, first great. one. Um, I can see where this one. is going. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's start with The Godfather, 1972 movie directed by Francis Ford Coppola. How, how do you say it? Coppola? Coppola? I think it's Coppola. Coppola. Yeah. Um, yeah, based on the uh, the novel of the same name written by Mario Puzo. Is that right? you say that i don't want to <laughs> upset anyone blame the um, covid which apparently yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah apparently it's so similar to the the novel that uh francis uh felt that putting him mario puzzo saying what does it say at the beginning mario puzzo is the godfather because it is so similar to the novel as like mm -hmm. a respect thing um but yeah it's what is it it's ranked like the second 
greatest and most influential film of all time or something and the so yeah it's number two um, on the top american film institute yeah. 250 on imdb also it's yeah right on every Shawshank. ranking thing like that yeah and it, what is it it's uh it's just behind citizen kane on the american film institute okay um, it's a lot of people might know it because of I didn't realize there were so many references in The Simpsons. Oh, um, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, loads of references to The Godfather. Um, it's The Godfather reference quotable. Zootopia. <laughs> really, remind me. It's been a while since I've seen Zootopia. Uh, they, I think before um, they go up to like a, like a, a possum or something, and he's like literally just doing the uh, Don oh, Corleone yeah, accent. Yeah, he's, he's doing like, like an impression. You come to me of, on my daughter's yeah. birthday wedding or whatever <laughs> yeah Damn, I god i have forgotten about that yeah that was <laughs> yeah that was funny marlon brand actually made me laugh in zootopia <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's like iconic lines in this so yeah it's very, it's very quotable yeah yeah exactly go and take the cannoli oh yeah yeah it's it's ubiquitous it's one of those kind of movies where everyone knows it it's difficult where you sit down to watch it because it is just so famous it mm-hmm. is so highly rated too um there's almost epic. like a pressure this is it actually is epic. epic it has every italian american actor of the time basically in the trilogy at some point mm-hmm. de niro and al pacino and yeah <laughs> like it's crazy yeah. it has a from my understanding a, a pretty interesting kind of uh behind the scenes drama too oh yeah, um, with yeah. It, <laughs> with how it got the mob made. was involved basically really yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely know more than me ralph because this is only my second time seeing it the first time i watched it i must have been 17 and i didn't really get it back then but mm-hmm. i i really enjoyed it this time um because i've kind of been on on like a mafia movie binge at the moment i just oh, watched yeah. all of the sopranos the whole godfather so trilogy yeah i watched goodfellas again madagascar yeah madagascar trilogy all of it yeah i i do have a a good kind of starting off point for this movie on that note of of how just kind of famous and highly rated it is um with a question from someone from the reddit okay uh, called kevin spacey's garage i didn't see that name before (laughs) do you think films like the godfather maintain a title of the greatest film of all time more because of how influential they are or how well they hold up considering the fact that many people will consider mob films that came out after it like goodfellas casino Cotty and the Irishman <laughs> to be vastly superior. Do you think it should keep that reputation based on influence alone? Yeah, the Gotti's a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, a movie like Goodfellas, I love it because it portrays the gangsters as more of a like sociopaths and kind of cowardly, um, how they really were, coked up all the time. Mm-hmm. And this, like, like The Godfather, these movies were basically, at least the first one was backed by the mob. Like, the producers were threatened by the mob, and they couldn't mention mafia in the movie. They call it family and stuff. They can't say the word mafia in the first one. That's crazy. And you notice they don't. Yeah, they change a line. I forgot. Like, he insults someone and calls him, like, a a guinea wop uh, mafioso, and they change the line to something else (laughs) in the final movie. I had no idea. They just didn't want any involvement. Yeah. And it makes sense. They didn't want publicity. They're the the mafia. Uh, (laughs) So, (laughs) it was scary. Yeah, um, of course that went away over time. <laughs> that would be a really but intimidating. The movie's like infamous project. for that, and also because they worked with the mafia, 
they had a lot of authentic locations and they got to shoot wherever they wanted um, mm. within Little Italy and all these areas that the, they actually operated in. So it added a level of authenticity that made the movie what it is, made it so great. That's crazy. Yeah, and on top of all that, there was uh, a lot of drama with the studio um, not really trusting Coppola. They didn't give him any money either. Very yeah. little money. And they didn't trust his decisions. And uh, I was reading that Francis was... Uh, he was almost acting like a godfather, being the director and like firing people and like basically having to fight <laughs> to get the film made in the way he wanted it to be made. Mm. And clearly it paid off in the end with how it came together. Yeah, he made them an offer they couldn't refuse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I guess to kind of answer that, uh, that question, I think that having influence does play a major role in terms of how well a, a mm. film is received, you know, in, in like a test of time sort of thing. If if a movie isn't starting something, if it isn't doing something new, um, or at least setting a, a new trend or setting a tr trend that becomes widely popular and leaving a lot of um, influence as it goes, if it's not doing that, chances are it's not going to be considered one of the great classics or anything. You could have like better versions exactly. of Die Hard, but there's a reason why Die Hard is so well remembered. It's because yeah, it started I, a trend. I'm, honestly, I'm not really sure if many people do consider, you know, Casino, The Irishman, to be better than The Godfather. The debate that I've heard normally is between Goodfellas and Godfather, but I don't think you'd have Goodfellas without Godfather. So, just mm -hmm. on that alone. Yeah, it makes sense. But and also I think it really does it I think it is as good as they say. I was really impressed with um the the, the epic scale of it and it's a long movie. It's what 3 hours long? Yeah. The second one's 3 hours and 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's and crazy. whereas in the second and third I I kind of noticed that a bit more, but I thought the first movie was really well paced and I really liked the kind of scene construction and the the excitement and tension of it all i think it really it, it is very well made and holds up really well to me it felt kind of like it was two movies in one and not criticizing the length or anything but pacing wise it was like it felt like there was a clear end of the first half and then beginning to the second half sort of thing where like re realistically mm. it could have been like a part one and part two sort of film like it could have been two different things and it would, would have been like okay this makes sense i'm glad it wasn't like it works just fine as one whole movie but yeah pacing wise it it seemed like it was two films basically yeah it's like an a plot and a b plot that carries over into all of them i love the length of it <laughs> there's the the opening wedding scene that goes on for a long time it took like a week to shoot and there's like 700 extras that was epic that's like yeah. truly epic to me, not Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was one where when I watched this movie, younger version of myself watched this movie, I really didn't get much out of it at all. But watching it, you know, last week, mm -hmm. I got a lot more out of it just in terms of like tone and like character development. There were a lot of like interesting character moments within that scene and it was like okay i get what you're setting up here i get the ideas and the overall atmosphere being set up and just that alone yeah. was able to get me into the movie in that sense whereas like i don't know how old i was when i first watched this movie i think it was probably like 10 years ago or something but i just kind of watched that scene was like huh nothing's happening yet but yeah it's 
definitely a different <laughs> yeah. experience no, I, I exactly watching agree this with that. as an adult. Yeah, because yeah, you got all those little details. Like, there's that guy who's practicing his speech yeah. before going in to see Vito because he's just so terrified. And apparently that was... When he stumbles on his line when he's talking to Vito, that was because he was so the actual actor was so frightened mm -hmm. of acting with Marlon Brando that he messed <laughs> up his line. Perfect. And he went back and wrote in the uh, practicing scene. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Afterwards. Which is, which is great. Which makes it feel, yeah, really genuine. Yeah, I really <laughs> like that. When you flub your line and you get extra screen time because of it. <laughs> yeah. What a gig. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a great moment, too. I can't believe I forgot his name. Joey. <laughs> yeah they're all named joey and sal <laughs> karma yeah i was gonna say the hit scenes in this are epic <laughs> i don't know what other word to use at this point you know the hit scenes are great i think they're mm -hmm. like the best parts of the movie like when don corleone is attacked in the in the fruit market like that mm -hmm. was an iconic moment um al pacino shooting the cop and the other guy in, in the restaurant that whole sequence was yeah it's just excellent like the, that was the my favorite of it. they didn't translate the italian at all which i saw yeah. confuse some people on the sardana cast reddit but uh, i you know some people were like it's because al pacino wasn't listening to him at all you know like it was just going right through him yeah what i was thinking about was killing him like i liked the meaning there by not putting the subtitles every other scene was translated but it was an interesting uh -huh. choice i figured it was intentional though mm -hmm. yeah yeah I, I think so too the hit scenes are certainly iconic, that's for sure. Um, they're all very mm. memorable. Um, I really enjoyed like the tension building and the soundtrack um, and mm. just, just the way things flowed, especially with uh, the hospital scene and uh, what's-his-face shows up <laughs> and he wants to help and he gets him to pretend that there's like a, a gun in his coat. By the way, spoiler discussion, everybody. I, I don't know if we mentioned that. I don't think we did, but... Oh, yeah. yeah, we usually yeah. Spoiler mentioned. discussion for all these... It'll all be in the description, too. Yeah. <coughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I've given it to you. I'm so sorry. Shit. Oh, okay. I didn't say you we could get it through our computers. <laughs> God damn it. Discord's infected. It's evolved. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, there's... Uh, it, every single action moment felt very mature it didn't feel mm -hmm. like cheesy mm -hmm. or like gratuitous or over the top and also the the effects for the uh gunshot wounds and like the blood and all that i think it worked really well especially for yeah. the time yeah because wasn't that something that was pressured by the studio was they wanted the film to have a wide as appeal as possible so they kind of pressured the director to have as much violence as possible because you know that's what what sells movies apparently mm. the scene where um uh the wife uh smashes up the kitchen breaking every plate was added in after the fact to kind of appease the producers and impress the the ones with the money was that in the first one yeah right am i wrong i don't remember <laughs> it's a blur yeah i watched them all in like a row so it's just this godfather <laughs> blur but yeah. i'm pretty sure that this, is in the first movie there's okay. also a cut of all of them in order like including the second one and all. Of oh, interesting! Like the ultimate cut. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't. I've Just never a seen chronological that one, Godfather movie. Yeah, that I feel like that cool. takes a lot away from how they're structured. I'm though. sure, but it would be at least like, interesting. I guess it would be mm. cool to see. It. Yeah, definitely interesting to see. Yeah. I want to see a chronological saw series. <laughs> That'd be the best. <laughs> that would make no sense. Oh no, yeah. <laughs> I could I could edit that together. <laughs> I could I could make that. <laughs> Uh, it would be a long movie and very fun. <laughs> I 
I'm surprised, like, even this movie, I'm surprised the mob was okay with it. Because of the, of the amount of violence. How the mob is presented in this. There's some bad things. Uh, yeah, like how I, they I couldn't tell you. Deal heroin. <laughs> like, that's all mentioned. And also how they gave it to poor neighborhoods. They kind of <laughs> take, like, a, uh, too. a virtuous kind of stance against the drug thing in this one, don't they? Where they're like, no, nah, we can't. Yeah, I guess you're True, right. Yeah. The Don Corleone does. Like, don't He's like, sell it to the kids. We're remaining traditional. Uh-huh, don't yeah. sell it to the kids. I don't want it in schools. Yeah. So they're like the so. good guys. It is definitely romanticized um, compared to later movies, especially the fact they don't say mafia at all. They say it in the second one. Mm-hmm. The police call them the mafia yeah. <laughs> or the, the guy in the courtroom. Such an interesting choice. Yeah, I don't I don't know a lot about the behind the scenes <laughs> stuff. I figured you guys would probably have that information. Yeah, it's so. definitely what it's really interesting. Because, yeah, there was there was a fair amount of controversy after the film came out about this very subject, about is it, you know, like a stereotypical depiction that's doing more harm than good. And there's mm-hmm. a whole, there there are multiple, like, B-plots in The Sopranos about that very thing, about, like, is this all just, like, is this doing anyone any good depicting, you know, this way? Yeah, exactly. The unions would protest because they wanted, like, an image of Italian-Americans that was not the mafia, you know? Mm-hmm. They wanted to get away from gangsters yeah. and all that. And movies like this kind of promoted that kind of stereotype they saw. It, yeah, and I was reading some, like, real-life, you know, uh, gangsters. After they saw the movie, they were, like, blown away by it because it was just, like, their lives on the screen. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Of yeah, so it was kind of romanticized by them for after that point what does uh what does vafen ghoul mean do you know ralph <laughs> that i don't know okay <laughs> just, just had it in my notes <laughs> <Vafen Ghoul. laughs> interesting words yeah we haven't really mentioned the the heart of the movie which yeah. is al pacino's character's kind of arc of going from like a reluctant person in the family to embracing the was that idea of the the power you know yeah. being drawn to the power and and it kind of corrupting innocence and that kind of idea that that's the heart with him changing into where he takes over at the end as the the don or whatever yeah i would um, i would agree really with you what the story's about for sure yeah the family kind of sucks him in it's a great movie about family unlike the last jedi <laughs> or something like that <laughs> like fast and furious <laughs> It's yeah. about family. They just say this is family. <laughs> family, because the family, well, like it. he, he's trying to do a legitimate thing. He's trying to live his own life. He has his own girlfriend, but his family is part of this mafia, and their situation is so bad that they start like their lives are in danger. And what is he going to do? He has to come in and help them, because that's because it's his family, mm-hmm. and that life kind of like just it it destroys him in the end. But he mm. gets sucked into it even though he really had every good intention in the world to yeah. be a good guy and to go straight. It's it's very sad. Yeah, it is a tragedy. Yeah. I really enjoyed the uh, like visual sort of transformation as well. Like I, It helped make the character transformation that much more apparent. Um, like in, mm. in the wedding scene at the beginning, like when you see him line up for the the photo with his family it's like wow this <laughs> he's dressed entirely different than everyone else there and that's kind of like a nice mm-hmm. little visual to to sort of solidify yeah. the difference in character dynamics and then that scene where where k sees him after so long and he's got like the full like mobster suit or whatever <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you can tell that he's just like a completely different changed person 
um, and the costumes yeah. really help bring that point forward. I love how he kind of lies to himself. What does he say? He says, in five years, this business will be legitimate. He says yeah. that to Kay, doesn't he, to try and calm her, because <laughs> she's obviously, she obviously has problems with what he's doing. And it, it comes back later in part two in a really nice like, roundabout way. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that kind of hammers home the idea of the movie. Do you think he didn't mean that? Because I, I thought he wanted to go legitimate. I think that's how he was justifying what he was doing yeah. in his own kind of yeah, psyche. right. Yeah. Yeah, he was convincing himself to some degree. Yeah, exactly. Because we see it, obviously, like it, it's not legitimate in five years. That's like a huge part of part two. Mm -hmm. and yeah. What happens there? <laughs> if it was, just like Godfather part two. It's like, we, oh, got, worked out. we got an ice cream truck business. It's just really chill, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. Yeah, I, uh, the, the character transformation aspect is why I enjoyed this particular movie so much. And I mean, yeah, I, I guess I'm just going to say it now. I, I enjoyed this one more than the other two. This one would be my favorite. I know that a lot of people consider the second one to be better, I think, or at mm -hmm. least there's a decent amount Some people. of people. Yeah. 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 The, the character transformation aspect really, really helped with this one. And I, I thought that it had the best pacing too. Yeah. For a long movie, agree. it doesn't really feel mm -hmm. like doesn't really feel like it drags on or anything and every moment of the film feels more or less justified in terms of it building on the ideas that it's presenting and building on the characters it's showing it's not just throwaway moments like you're actually developing things in the story and the characters like you see the juxtaposition between how people are reacting in in the opening scene when they're asking uh Vito for these favors and you see the, the this like stark contrast between the first guy that asks him and how he's like oh you come to me after blah 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 you don't even treat me like family blah, and just like the dynamic and mm -hmm. how they interact with each other versus the next person that shows up and you know not only their request but just how how these characters view each other and you see this nice range and you understand these dynamics better like that's that's really what i got out of this movie watching it as an adult was a much better understanding of like the dynamics in the film and that really helped the experience for like the story it was trying to tell like if you understand the dynamics of everything going on then it's like okay that makes it just so much better i feel like there might be in terms of like what didn't help my first watch when i was younger I, th I, f I feel like there might be like too many characters that might have uh, influenced my ability to to follow what was going on the first time I watched it. Um, yeah. But yeah, the second time it was it was a lot easier to understand what was going on. Um, <laughs> but I but I have to admit, you know, like there's some moments where it's just like somebody dies and it's just like, oh, who was that? <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I I'd have two recommendations. I would say definitely watch with subtitles. It really helps follow along what's happening and don't be afraid to google like a character's name or have the yeah. IMDb up so you can see, oh that was that was that character and there's a lot going you know, on to just so you can keep Yeah, it's it's incredibly dense in that way. Mm -hmm. It also starts that that thing the whole trilogy does where the kind of structure of the movies all kind of is set around these 
these like huge events um whether it be like it starts with the the wedding there's the the funeral towards the end and the baptism too oh yeah um, which is oh, like a really good way of great. yeah where it's the cutting there. between the the murders yeah yeah, yeah. There's some really good stuff like that, really expressive kind of visual storytelling without mm-hmm. having to, you know, over-explain anything. It's all very clear from what they're showing. Uh, I was reading afterwards that apparently oranges in this franchise foreshadow um, some kind of death or trauma yeah. that's that's coming up. Yeah, cause, Interesting. Uh, when Vito... I really like that scene where Vito shows a bit of vulnerability with the, the grandkid and he has the the orange in his mouth and that's when he has his heart attack and and perishes yeah mm-hmm. it's a great scene lots of great scenes what do you think of marlon brando in the film he's yeah like the he's the most iconic part that's for sure hey, worth mentioning <laughs> yeah it's such a wild and out there character interpretation that you would think that you know yeah, a lot of people it trying is. it it wouldn't work but it really really worked mm-hmm. with that it really Immediately works. you think it's like comedic or something, but it works in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's comedic when people imitate it because it's so iconic. Yeah, it's very but ambitious. there's nothing about the movie. Yeah, in the movie it works really well. Yeah, because they sell that he means business. You know, they show very early <laughs> on with that horsehead scene that you do not fuck with this guy. Like he means yeah. what he says, but he also has that kind of like honor code. You know, he's he has his own set of morals. And that's what is so interesting about mm-hmm. all these kind of mob stories is that they just live in a completely different world. They do abide, mm-hmm. they don't abide by the law and they do, they do just live by their own rules within, you know, the structure of everything else. Yeah. And that's inevitably what leads to the decline because it just can't exist in society in the, in the way that it does. Yeah. yeah, their own set of principles. So did they, did they like... Did, did did they poison the guy before the, the horse head thing, or were they just really quiet? <laughs> the guy's a really heavy sleeper. <laughs> oh, like knock him out? Yeah, I, I don't just know. assume that he was just sleeping. Yeah. You're not supposed <laughs> to think about it. Okay. Yeah, they just in the middle of the night just, they came in with a yeah. giant horse head. He was just like soaked. I love how pretentious his fucking bed set is. Just like the gold <laughs> pillowcases mm-hmm. and shit. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, Who's that for? <laughs> what an asshole yeah there was that was a, a sequence <laughs> that caused some drama behind the scenes oh, yes yeah. i think it was frank sinatra oh, really? he thought the character was based on him <laughs> um he got very upset about it that's great <laughs> that would make sense i love it when people get upset about characters they think are based off of them it just seems like you're projecting i forget who uh which yeah. character it was but Lindsay lohan did that once to some movie She's like, you're, you're just supposed to be Lindsay Lohan, and I demand royalties. And it's like, what? Oh, that was like, for um the GTA Five cover with the like woman oh, yeah. in a bikini. Oh. Just like, <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's my likeness. It's like what? Yeah, <laughs> that just draws attention to it. Yeah, <laughs> not everything's about you. Calm down. There were some really great shots in this movie too. I I particularly mm. enjoyed the one where the. Uh, the guy gets strangled in the car and his feet break through the windshield towards the camera yep. as the vehicle drives away. And just the yeah. vehicle driving away within that shot just adds like another layer of like coordination to it where it's just like, oh, okay, wow. Like this is a very mm-hmm. well coordinated, well thought out shot and it works very well. Yeah. 
Where they pulled the it opening off. shot of like the zoom out. Even when Don Corleone's assassinated in the street, there's like a bird's eye view shot that was really cool. It was like a god's eye point of view or something. Mm-hmm. It, it was yeah. They they put a lot of thought into it. It also was way darker. Like the the cinematography is really dark. There's like lots of yeah. eye shadows and people are like there's scenes that are totally in shadow and like black. The mm-hmm. studio thought the movie was totally unreleasable because of that. <laughs> No, like that's what makes it so good. It really emphasizes yeah. the kind of shadiness of it and the contrast of those white collars with the black suits. I think it's really effective. Uh huh. It was clearly a stylistic choice. It wasn't like an accident. The movie yeah, was like that. Yeah. That it was really orange and really dark. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the studio fucking hated that. Another decision. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we're, we can't release this. It's always so it's fascinating dark. when studios are just like, this sucks. This will never work. And then it becomes like the most popular thing that they've released. And it's just like, yeah, cause they're you don't know what the they fuck you're anything. talking about. And then they just ruin things <laughs> with so like fearful. test screenings or whatever and just chop it up like fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently, um, even though they were breathing down his neck for the whole production, he still delivered it on time and under budget. So they hmm. were just freaking out for nothing, really. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure it was at the time like the, the most successful film you know, ever released. So it was basically hmm. the, the fucking Avengers of the time. Yeah. It was like the Irishman kind of, like all the Italian guys get together, make a movie. Yeah. Yeah, because it the went Irishman through so many different directors. Um, it, yeah, it was a really troubled production. And uh, I, I think that's what led to this one being th- the best of the trilogy. Because we've, we've talked about this before, where when, when like art has to be made through such, you know, trials and tribulations... If if it does work out, it tends to lean to it being quite special. Mm-hmm. If it has, if it is able to overcome the the restraints, because you know, as you see, the more the more power and freedom that the crew is given, they you know, there is a gradual decline, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. After this point, I also I think Robert Duvall is great in these. Is Tom, but. Mm-hmm. He's not in the third one, and the movie really misses him. And the same thing with the second one. You don't have Marlon Brando in that as yeah. Don Corleone. You have, you have a, or Vito, actually. You have Robert De Niro playing him. And yeah. De Niro's great, but it's sorely missed, like the, the iconic, mm-hmm. you know, Don Corleone that Marlon yeah. Brando played. I agree. Because yeah. he, he was supposed to be in it, but he just didn't show up on the, on the shooting <laughs> day, I believe, because... He felt he was so slighted by the studio or something like that, by Paramount, I think. I want to mention before we start talking about the other uh, Godfather movies, I really I really enjoyed the uh, sound design. Not just the score, which is obviously like iconic and memorable. Uh, it's very pop culture, obviously. It's, it's like you've al- you already have it memorized <laughs> like before you've even seen it. But like even during the more like subtly tense scenes where it wasn't necessarily the... Um, the main theme of the film music wise not just the soundtrack but they had like these noises of um i think it was like the train or whatever going yeah yeah and it, and it kind of like added this weird sense of rhythm and um really built up the tension in an interesting way really enjoyed the sound design yeah when he's walking out of the bathroom with a gun mm-hmm. yeah no, that's what I mean by just what I like so much about the the scene construction of the movie. That it, it is paced so well. The restaurant scene, the horse head scene, the the car blowing up scene. Like there is so much quick setup and payoff within the constraints of all these different scenes. It it is just masterfully done, um, and I don't think it is. 
ever quite captured in that same kind of intensity and with that pacing after this movie hmm. in the trilogy anyway. Yep, I agree. Only other thing I didn't mention in my notes is uh, <laughs> just how big that fucking cake is at the beginning. It's way too tall. How do you even cut that shit? <laughs> I can't not mention that. What the you hell was that cake? People, you gotta, you gotta get like a ladder for someone to cut the fucking cake. What is that? It's so excessive. It did look like a pretty fun uh, wedding, though. To be fair, they love their cakes. Yeah, it was a really like authentic <laughs> Italian wedding. Even in the second movie, he has a cake and he gives it to the waiter. He's like, "Show it around to everybody," and he like oh, yeah. he shows everyone individually everyone the cake. Sees the cake. <laughs> Italians love their uh, their desserts and their yeah. pastries. Uh, all right, yeah, final thoughts on uh, part one? It's great. It's pretty much as good as movies get, I think. So, yeah. like, five out of yeah, five, maybe. if I had to give it a rating. Or ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I- I'm on the same level. I think it is masterfully made. Five stars. And I'm giving this one a great out of ten. It's <laughs> it's uh, eight out of ten. <laughs> uh, it-, it could It could move up to a nine, for sure. Like I said, really love the character transformation. Love a lot about it. Sound design, a lot of great shots, well paced. Obviously, very influential. But I'm not, I'm not a huge fan personally of uh, mafia movies in general, like mobster. Like I, it's it, it's like a genre where I'm okay. like not. It, it doesn't like speak to me as much as like some other genres of films, which is why. I really got a lot out of this just from the character transformation aspect. If that aspect wasn't in the film, I would still think it's a great movie technically in pretty much every way, but it wouldn't connect with me as much as it did if that aspect wasn't there. That's what I really, really got out of it in terms of like a personal movie watching experience. So yeah, eight out of 10 for now could be, could get higher another, if I watch it again, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Who's introducing part two uh, i guess i'll talk about it <laughs> yeah you did briefly it it continues on following uh michael corleone played by al pacino but also in this film it follows vito corleone as a as a kid and then as a young man living in hell's kitchen um in the early 1900s and th- that's basically the two plot lines going on at the same time uh michael's trying to find a traitor within the family as well uh, so he's going on like a murderous rampage, uh, and yeah. it starts basically a little war within the family, uh, and that's basically what's happening. Um, it focuses more on like uh, what's the brother's name who becomes the villain? Uh, f- fuck, what is his name? Uh, uh, Fredo. 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 Yeah, Al I was Fredo. Call him Frodo. <laughs> yeah, let's call him Frodo. <laughs> but I love that that dynamic he has with his brother in this because he is. Michael clearly has way more power than him, but he also doesn't want to use it against him because it's his brother and it's his family. And so there was this interesting, like, I know this guy's fucking me over and I have to kill him, but I can't because he's my blood. And there's like a, even a line, he says, don't, don't do anything to him until my mom is dead. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's not, not even him that wants him alive. Not while she's, not while she's alive. Yeah. Because it's just for her. Like after that, I don't give a fuck what happens to him. Mm-hmm. Like that was really it shows his character at that point. It was really fucked up. What was the reasoning for the older brother being skipped over and the power going straight to Al Pacino? Was I it just because he acted? He like <laughs> yeah. was yeah, more it might proactive have been he saved yeah, his dad's life proactive. in the hospital in the first movie. That might have been it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I assume that just that, appoints but, him. No. Yeah, I don't even know if Fredo's there in that meeting. 
when he like gives all the power to him. I yeah. forgot. Yeah, I just I just interpreted it like from the first movie when when uh, mm-hmm. Marlon Brando like smiles while he's like in the hospital bed. I just I figured that was like a moment where he's like, ah, oh, you're mm-hmm. part of the family. Like I sort of expected like that would be how the power would be given to him in a sense was just from his decision he's the most he's the most competent one too he got a college education and everything like fredo they see him as an idiot they totally look down on him which is partly why he he betrays the family but it was really sad like there was the scene when he's in that chair and he's like i'm the smart one i'm smart and he's like leaning yeah. against this chair, and he looks so weak and pathetic. It's like pathetic, and Al Pacino yeah. standing there. Yeah, it's brilliant. Though. You think I'm a screw up? I was just thinking of onward. I'm smart. I can do things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't. I guess that is what will define for you whether you prefer part one or part two. Because I'm kind of with Adam, where I really like the kind of fall of the of the of Al Pacino's character from the first movie, and this one's more about that that family falling apart it's about yeah the family losing starting to lose its respect and just kind of crumble yeah it's the end of the family but also the very start of it with mm-hmm. robert de niro and all his stuff yeah yeah and it, personally I, I i i really liked all of the um al pacino kind of flashback scenes um that those are my my definite like favorite scenes in the movie aside from the the brother interactions cuz while i thought part 2 was very very good i did feel like it sagged a little bit in the in the middle with the uh cuban revolution uh segment i don't know what it was about <laughs> that part for me where it, it lost a bit of momentum and i was uh, i couldn't help but directly contrast it with the first movie where it's like i i didn't feel like uh you know that it was dragging at any point in the first movie but around that point especially with how long part two is especially with how it does get a lot more complicated. Like the first movie is dense with its story and trying to keep up with all the characters and the plot and the relationships with everyone. And it gets even more complicated in part two. So it might just be a case of like with the first movie where I've seen that movie twice now and it's a bit more clear and easy to understand in my head. Maybe I need to see part two again. Mm -hmm. Because that's another thing I was reading about was uh, when part two originally released, it was... It wasn't as, as highly regarded as it is now. There was way more of a disparity between what people thought about it. It was like mm-hmm. half people thought it was just nothing compared to the first movie and the other half thought it was much better. Yeah. And it's definitely uh, something to explore. But People probably had very high expectations for it too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how do you follow up the best movie of all time type thing, <laughs> yeah. you know? Did you, did you mean this to one say best uh, picture too. De Niro flashback scenes? Because you said El Pacino flashback scenes. Oh, sorry, yeah, De Niro. I honestly <laughs> yeah. confuse them all the time. And I it took me a El long Pacino time. Like, it was about halfway through this movie where I realized that it was actually De Niro and not Al Pacino playing, like, the younger oh, <laughs> um, really? Vito Corleone. <laughs> yeah, like, th- just in that time period, just the younger versions of themselves, they look way too similar, and I get them confused all the time. Current Pacino and De Niro, very easy to distinguish. But the younger versions, like... They looked way too similar. And I was confused, but I figured it out. <laughs> I figured it out eventually. It was really good casting. I really liked yeah. De Niro's commitment to... He barely has any dialogue in English, even. It's mostly mm-hmm. in Italian, which I really respect, because it, re- it really tries to do adds the voice authenticity. A bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They mentioned that like he can't speak at nine years old at the beginning of the film. 
So it's like, is that was was that just her way of trying to like convince them not to go after him, or is that like speech impediment sort of trying to be used to describe or explain why uh, Vito winds up talking so weird? Is that like kind of? It must be something like it. It couldn't have been a lie from the mother because they have that whole scene where he's kind of in the immigration office and he doesn't mm-hmm. say a word, does oh, he? Oh yeah. So she must have been telling the truth. Yeah. He's like mute. Or maybe they told them not to say anything. Well, I mean... His his history. If anyone found out who he really was, he would be killed. Yeah, that too. You get better child performances when they don't open their mouths. So (laughs) That's true. (laughs) True, true. That's actually a good thing about the movie, (laughs) that the children don't talk. (laughs) Probably take a lot out of it. Um, Something I... Because we see a lot of sequels, and a lot of sequels are bad. This is one that feels like it's a natural extension of yeah. the first one. And yeah. it actually explores things that are interesting and you want to learn about. You want to learn what happens to this family afterward. And you want to learn about Vito's past and all that. All that's interesting. It doesn't feel forced or shoehorned. <laughs> and yeah. So I, I did like The writing is still really good. It still looks great. Like All the acting is great. It's a high caliber movie. Yeah, there was certainly a lot left to explore that they could dive into for this movie it did feel like earned in a way it didn't feel like unjustified like they were don't leave no stone unturned trying to figure out how to stretch the story out or anything like that there was a lot that they could do with it and i'm glad that they that they went you know back in time and also continued the story forwards yeah and there were parallels definitely between their their arcs and what Fido was going through and uh, Michael. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredibly ambitious to to basically have these two movies in one because the, mm-hmm. the 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 plots aren't they're not like directly related to each other aside from the is the same family like it's not essential to know one to understand the other or anything like that. They so you can you could kind of watch them independently of each other, but they. They do work as the one rising and one falling type thing because it is really satisfying, especially to see Vito kind of outsmart the uh, that smarmy guy. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name. The guy in the white hat? <laughs> yeah, 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 I found that to be quite satisfying. Yeah, that was really cool. That whole subplot was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going on in this movie too, <laughs> even more than the first one, it seems, in terms of like different <laughs> ideas being communicated. They have that whole like courtroom mm. scene, <laughs> you know, yeah, and like the guy being interrogated for being like a hitman, and the lawyer just giving those the best reactions like as he's talking, and <laughs> the one guy who's like, "Yeah, I just made up my sworn statement just to please the FBI guys." <laughs> like, he's smoking a cigar. <laughs> you had an affidavit, blah, yeah, blah, and they were so mad. It was pretty funny. I like that part. <laughs> And there's the whole relationship with um, Al Pacino's wife, Kay. Um, with <laughs> yeah. yeah, Kay, with the the main point of drama being when she reveals that she had an abortion because she despises him so much that yeah. she couldn't bear, <laughs> she couldn't bear to bear another child from him, which is quite a good scene. Mm-hmm. They have a bit of a showdown. Yeah, yeah it seemed um, in a way that they were trying to kind of uh, bring back the same energy as like the scene near the end of the first one. I really love how the first movie ended too. I thought that that was fantastic in terms of yeah. just like how to wrap things up while leaving it, you know, open-ended and having you think about things. And yeah, there was a lot more to explore about that in this movie, although I do feel like it was kind of 
hitting the same beats in a way. It felt like they were just bringing that back rather than doing something like completely new with it. And yeah, I like the twist for sure. I like that it's revealed that she aborted the child. But yeah, it, it does feel like kind of a almost repetitive in a way. Like it's it's great mm-hmm. performance scenes for sure. But it, yeah. it does feel like I felt more that way about the third one their dynamic in the third one this one i think seeing the end of their relationship like that was fine mm-hmm. like i enjoyed seeing it like i don't think it was repetitive <laughs> well you know that um the original idea for the movie was that al pacino's arc was going to be his death in the movie mm-hmm. and contrasted with the rise of Vito, which i kind of like the idea more of because then you wouldn't need godfather part three yeah. I, 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 I mean, it would have been kind of cool if they if they had embraced that. You There's don't so many need Godfather Part just Three like wrapped way. up, right? <laughs> well, yeah, like sure. even the dynamic with Kay, like it's pretty much ended in this. He was grounded to reality through her, basically, and to like a normal life. And once she's gone, it's like all right, all yep. the bets are off. But there was nowhere else to go with that, really, aside from him feeling guilty about it, <laughs> about how how poorly he was as a husband. Mm-hmm. But that's it. Yeah, it's like okay. Yeah, because Coppola describes part one and part two as the real story, and then <laughs> part three is like an epilogue. She's <laughs> like, "What? Okay. What? Hmm. Okay." Well, it's a strange way to structure a a, a trilogy because you're basically admitting that the third part is just not as important. <laughs> <laughs> well, that one is way more of a character piece, just about Al Pacino or Michael. Like, the rest of mm-hmm. them are about the family. They yeah. focus on other characters, and they focus on the sister and his brothers. That one's just about him, really. Yeah. We'll get it into weird. part three. It didn't really have a B-plot. Yeah, we'll get to... But that, that one didn't really have a B-plot, like, mm-hmm. like these uh, the rest of them had. I really... I, I enjoyed um, how this film started in terms of, like, setting things up. Like, it didn't need to... Mm-hmm explain every little thing that happened in between i thought that it was really interesting to have um michael's sister coming to him for money like that was an interesting dynamic to to set things up on yeah it's a it's a nice start to the movie where it's like okay yeah i I understand what's happening here it's it starts differently too like it's not the same movie again they go to italy in the beginning and you see like all that stuff the the backstory yeah i loved i loved everything in italy and his revenge later on all that was really interesting Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of the same uh, technical aspects still really well done the the bullet uh, wounds and <laughs> gunshots and everything yeah. were i th- thought very well done seems... soundtrack was great there was like a well shot a, a hit gone wrong like in a bar and a police officer walks in mm. i thought that's yeah. oh, yeah. just crazy <laughs> and it devolves into a shootout like in the street <laughs> and the guy gets hit by a car I, like I, I love that i, I thought that was epic <laughs> I, I perhaps this might have been just because I watched them like one pretty much directly after each other, like one day and then the next day, like part one and then part two, yeah, the day same. after. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it it almost felt kind of like after a while, just a little bit comical, just how many characters were strangled from behind. Like you have so many different instances of that happening especially in the first two movies that by the time the second movie was happening like we're like halfway into the movie or whatever and like you guys got like the coat hanger strangling from behind and like blah 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 so many different scenarios that like every single scene i watched 
I apologize if this <laughs> offends anybody, but like every <laughs> single scene I watched, I just I I kept cracking up thinking of like, oh, what if somebody just comes behind them and strangles them at this moment? Like every single character on screen, I was just thinking, like expecting them to get strangled thing. from behind, just like some it's, random it's guy like showing up. How the characters like, feel. Regardless of context, like any given scene, I, I find that I, I found that pretty funny. It was pretty amusing for me. <laughs> Because it happened so many times, it was like a punchline after a certain point. Just like, <laughs> it's a popular yeah. way of killing people. So, yeah, yeah, it's pretty efficient. Pretty efficient. Yeah, it's they had family. to change it up a little bit. Do you think this film stands on its own, though? Yeah, I think you so. Do. I think so. Mm -hmm. I guess the only thing that's kind of holding it back is the the Vito's not in the movie as an like an older version. So half of the movie, like you'd have no context for <laughs> as to who that guy is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would I would argue that it I mean, it's it's still a great movie, but I probably wouldn't enjoy it nearly as much on its own without the first one because the first movie is what made yeah. me care about the characters. That whole character transformation and arc is what really got exactly, me to care yeah. about the main character especially and even even Kay and some of the other characters. It, without the first movie, I'm not like if this was like the first introduction yeah. to these characters, I wouldn't have that same emotional connection to what's happening i wouldn't really care as much about what's going on and i think that with that setup yeah. initially that really helps the experience yeah to me it would be like starting with season two of a show like it, it is <laughs> such a continuation like I, I really think the first one's essential and you can't I, I can't imagine just putting on the godfather part two i feel like i would have to kind of do a double bill mm -hmm. yeah yeah still still great just yeah. didn't have, have as much for me <laughs> in terms of like a personal connection to the movie. The technical aspects okay. are all things that I appreciated, but there's no real hook for me it from like a character perspective. Because I felt like even though certainly there is a journey of this character in this movie, I mean, most of the journey was done in part one. And that that's what I was really attached to was this character transformation thing when it, and it felt like yeah although yeah to some degree he was still transforming in ways um it just wasn't as extreme yeah you you're saying exactly what i'm thinking like mm -hmm. i think we're on the exact same page for these first two movies it yeah it is it is exceptionally made but yeah i don't have that same connection and i i don't think it's quite as memorable um just in terms of like that that like scene structure from the first movie and just the iconic lines and everything. I, yeah. I don't think it's quite on the same level. Yeah, reading through my notes, it's like I remember all these scenes reading them, but like I don't need to do that for the first movie. The first movie is like yeah. etched in my brain. When I think The Godfather, I'm thinking of like all these classic scenes from the first film. I'm not really thinking about the second one. It's like a nice addition to the story, in my opinion, but. Yeah, not nearly as memorable. Yeah, I feel the exact same way. What about you, Ralph? <laughs> well, I don't feel that way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what would you give it out of ten? Me? I'd give it a ten out of ten. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think I think it's just as good as the first one. I honestly feel like it's a natural extension of of everything that first one started. Mm -hmm. It's one of the best sequels, I think. Yeah, up there with uh, Toy Story two or uh, the Lord of the Rings. It felt like yeah, again, just natural part of this, this uh, the story yeah i i agree it's uh 
it felt like a natural extension, but it still felt like an extension <laughs> in a way. I felt like most of what I loved like really... DLC. Yeah, and it's like it's nice DLC. It's like if you like <laughs> if you like the thing, yeah. and you want more of it, there's more of the thing. But like the hook for me, every every thing that would get me interested in watching the DLC in the first place, everything that was established is all found within the first movie, more or less for me. Yeah. Eight out of ten from me. S same rating, just like very different emotional experience, in my mm -hmm. opinion. Yeah, it is like a really good expansion. Like, you're right. Um, th there's nothing I really disliked about the movie aside from I just don't think it's as tight as the first one, which is like, it's still really high praise. I'm just trying to pinpoint what it is about the second one that yeah. didn't leave me loving it in the same way I did the first. Yeah. So I, I still give it, I'm torn between a four stars or a four and a half stars. I think I'm going to settle on four for now. Um, might change upon rewatching it for a second time, because again, this is only my first time seeing it. So, Okay. And I guess uh, I guess I, I'll introduce part three. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> part three. The Godfather part three is bad. It's not good. Um, <laughs> it's what's uh, the plot? <laughs> it's uh, it's I. It's you know I fucking checked yeah, out so early into this movie. It's like it's made way later than the rest yeah. of them too. It's it, it, like it's, the, it's, uh, the first two were made in the seventies. This one's made nineteen ninety. Yeah, it feels like a really unnecessary addition <laughs> to the uh, story. It's it's a uh, kind of like a cash grab. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, it, it that's what it feels no, like. It literally and, is. And uh, Francis Ford Coppola decided to throw his daughter Sophia into a major role in the film and she can't act for shit and it's really she's, annoying. Yeah, she's really terrible. She's like the That's worst like fucking thing. She's yeah. fucking awful. Yeah. Like, Let alone I, what that character actually has to do. It's a very strange subplot. <laughs> right. Can we talk about how fucking weird too. it is to write your own daughter into like an incest plot in your film? Can we talk about how weird <laughs> that is? Incredibly strange. And they kept reaffirming that they're cousins. I didn't think about that. Every fucking line that they were saying in that movie was like, yeah, cuz, you're my cousin, right? Yes, I am your cousin. And it was like, <laughs> we love each other and we're cousins. That was like the whole... <laughs> that was everything that those two I, yeah, characters did. I don't they understand the point that of it. Cousins. Oh, weird, Francis. Like the family thing? Is it like a family... Like, oh, they're in the family. So it's okay. Mm, <laughs> I, I it's about family. <laughs> Really, yeah, they try to justify it, don't they? With... Yeah, there's a lot about the morality of the movie that I thought was weird. Yeah. Like this one clearly is trying to sympathize more with with Michael. Like yeah. you're supposed to feel bad for yeah, him because he and, feels like, bad now and what he loses. That's what right, the plot's about, bad, I guess. But it's it it doesn't earn that. Like the no. first two, they demonize the mafia too, even though they they supported it. But like in the second movie, they they grill Michael in court, and they're like, "You're dishonest. You're a criminal." You've killed people and his wife, too. Like, he's not... He doesn't demand sympathy from the audience like this movie does. And mm -hmm. it's obnoxious. Yeah, it robs <laughs> the subtlety from the character. Because yeah. he is such a like an intimidating force by the end of that second movie. You just really don't see him going to church and like crying <laughs> to a to a priest in confession. It's really yeah. strange. Yeah. Like, I really don't buy that character doing that. It insists I felt like that was like upon really itself. Character. <laughs> like Peter Griffin yeah, said. Yeah, I, gonna, I can't say that without thinking of him now. It insists yeah, upon itself, Lois. 
But he's he's not only just upset about it, but he's actively seeking redemption, which is such a strange angle to take. Because mm-hmm. as as viewers, we know all the stuff he's done. Like, uh, what could he possibly do to redeem it? Like that, because that's kind of the plot of the movie. Is he starts giving huge sums of money to like charities and churches and stuff as a mm. kind of way to. I guess virtue signal. Right. He's like he's like a Bryce in season three of Thirteen Reasons Why. Exactly. Yeah, like, I kept that was on my mind. Obviously, cause it, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's a really unsubtle, clumsy way of trying to end that character arc. Because I keep bringing up the Sopranos, but the main character is really similar in the way he's like a messed up mob boss. But they never they never go that route. And they make it way more realistic and com- complex, and it let they let the audience decide, really, like what to take away from the character instead of trying to be like, okay, now let's make him sympathetic and yeah, he does have a heart, and it it, it really does ring hollow from that kind of angle. I feel yeah, really. less upset about the direction that they took the character, and more upset ab- about how it was presented. I think that the presentation yeah. of this film is just really awful. All things like not not just like the the level of subtlety in terms of like what they're trying to communicate and just the clumsiness of how they're communicating ideas, but also like even even like the technical aspects of the film. We already mentioned the acting. A lot of the acting's bad. Sofia Coppola is like easily yeah. the worst actor in the movie, and she gets lots of screen time, and it's really annoying. But a lot of the other actors are also just fucking really <laughs> underperformed. Like, they don't seem into it. Like, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't seem like they rehearsed. Seemed like they were just kind of, like, reading through the script at certain points. Like, a lot of the characters just felt, like, poorly defined and everything was just clumsy. Like, it it felt like we went into the quality of, like, a TV performance for this movie. Yeah. It felt like it was TV actors from the 90s. (laughs) One thing I like about the first one is Al Pacino was very subtle in it. He wasn't yelling, like, every five seconds. He wasn't as Al Pacino-y as much as he was in the second and third one when he starts to go on these long monologues and yell. And this one, it's really silly. Yeah, it's incredibly yeah. goofy. What you said about the action being mature, there's a hit scene in yeah. this where like they're eating dinner and like a helicopter comes in out of nowhere <laughs> and starts machine guns on them. Like it starts yeah. shooting everybody Reminded in the room. Reminded me of like it's Star Trek crazy. Into Darkness. Yeah, yeah, it's like ridiculous. I'm like, the what ante. the fuck is going on? This is the mafia. It's not like a, the CIA. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't, like what the fuck? You thought those hit scenes were cool in those other movies you loved? Well, this one's even bigger. We got more explosions, and we got a man who really loves his lucky coat, and he's going to fucking die while he's yelling about his lucky coat. This is my lucky coat! But then Al Pacino, (laughs) he just runs out. He just runs yeah, out of the building. It didn't really it. work there was very like well. No, there was no <laughs> result or like stakes or it didn't. Nothing happened because of that. It was like this completely over so the top goofy. moment. It felt like it belonged really in like anything. a Die Hard sequel. It was like Die Hard Four yeah. kind of yeah. shit. It didn't feel like it belonged in The Godfather. Yeah, like all the subtlety but, is just thrown is out the, the window. That window in this movie. <laughs> what actually is the story of the movie? He like, feels what bad. Is the plot? Like I got so lost. <laughs> the character feels bad now, and that's pretty much the story like it's i checked yeah, out he's, so he's trying to early. make amends with everybody i just i i could not get invested in this story at all it was very yeah, early yeah. on into the movie where i was just like not doing it <laughs> yeah once you get to that opera scene towards the end like i i just had no idea who was who and why people were getting knocked off and what was important <laughs> about it yeah it was so repetitive it was so much like the first two 
with that the hit scene at the end it starts with a wedding it's like yeah. all right with the same nonsense come on they're very clearly trying to recapture a lot of the same emotions from the successful moments of the other two films, mm -hmm. but there's nothing they that earns it from the old at all. Too. Oh yeah, that's so weird. Like yeah. that that flashback at the beginning, like oh yeah, remember I killed Alfredo or whatever. It's like I don't know. There's there's <laughs> yeah. stuff in the movie that that literally just says it anyway. You don't even need that flashback. But going back at to the that end, that too, opera it scene, like a clip show. Yeah, the opera scene at the end is just like it's so laughably bad it's so embarrassing how hard that they try to try and recapture that same sort of like it, it, it's like they were trying to do that like juxtaposition with like the baptism and the killings of, of the other film or yeah. like even when they were building up the scene and they're very clearly trying to do this like slower kind of like tension building in the opera scene and it's fine for the first little bit i thought it might get a little interesting but then five minutes go by i'm just fucking shoot each other shoot each other already it was just it it, it was testing my patience after a certain point because it wasn't earning anything that it was doing and it was very annoying and very embarrassing <laughs> did you think the acting was good from uh like most of the cast the people who come back because um, I think that's what redeems it, kind of, is that the performances I mean, were solid. There's Pacino like some scenes does a of them good just job, acting good. but yeah, even though he yells a lot, but he's I still as well. I he thought still it was okay. Yeah, uh -huh. but what they're saying just isn't convincing. It, it, like they don't have a lot to work with, and a lot of it just feels really forced after a certain point. Like even in the scenes where he's like arguing with Kay, it's just like doesn't doesn't feel genuine anymore. Mm -hmm. It's just like doing the rounds. What about when they the were emotions. kind of starting to reconnect a bit? Because that was the only time I was like, okay, there's there's something here I could I could see in a movie that was created because of passion and not because you know they needed to make some money because <laughs> of a previous movie bombing so hard that they needed a, a guaranteed success. Huh. You know. Yeah. So this was literally a cash grab. I heard that like Francis Ford. No, yeah, I think it was quite literally. Yeah, because whichever production company it was had a string of like flops or something like that. They needed a guaranteed hit. <laughs> the, everyone involved wanted money. There was a lot of like arguments behind the scenes about. It was why um, you you mentioned it earlier, Ralph. The the guy who's a big part of one and two. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what, like Robert Duvall. The mafia. Robert Duvall. I mean, like he's not in part three oh. um, at all, <laughs> okay. and he he literally said. Um, he didn't want to be in it because the only reason you'd make oh, yeah. a sequel this late is for one reason and it's just for money and i think it is so Oops. obvious <laughs> it really comes across that way yeah like mm -hmm. it doesn't come the first two movies come from such a place of passion like everyone is like in the a game and they're really expressing something ideas and there's so much like artistic expression and it really does feel like like a, like a just trying to recapture this spark for the sake of just a cash grab it is it's sad yeah. in that way and it makes it, it it made it fairly you know just unwatchable to me like after after an hour of the three because it's three hours long still like i i was the same i completely checked out yeah i just couldn't pay attention to it because there's just nothing really of interest it doesn't yeah, deserve it your so attention similar. yeah exactly like i was really hoping that it had kind of been oversold as being too bad or something that that it wasn't it wasn't going to live up to its negative reputation, but yeah. it, from the get go, it feels completely different. It doesn't have that same dedication to setting that mood and atmosphere in the same way 
it's, it's just not the same. Yeah, doesn't it, really it start with him off. writing a letter and there's just like voiceover yeah. narration? Yeah, and yeah. The Fredo Immediately, it's like it's what? like terrible. I'm like, oh my god. No, it feels like, like it feels like a parody of itself. Feel like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It felt like I was a like, 90s There's moments TV I was movie. laughing at it. Yeah, definitely. Reminded me yeah. of like some shitty Stephen King thing, <laughs> like the, the Shining. Yeah. <laughs> because it was it was approached with such a huge time gap in the middle. It feels like someone who's left something that they created in the past, trying to come back to it at a completely different point in their lives, where mm-hmm. they kind of lost whatever spark that was that inspired the original stuff it's like george lucas with the prequels kind of it's like yeah in a way yeah even friends george lucas and and francis ford coppola yeah yeah so do you know if um so the first one was based off of a book was the second one also Mm -hmm. and this one wasn't like how do you No, i think the second one was original but it was also written by mario puzza oh they were all written by him weren't they? yeah they're all written i I don't know the third one i know the first two are I'll, i'll double check uh, is listed on Wikipedia as having yeah. a writing credit for sure. So written by Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola. And Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. So who yeah. knows just how much of each of them. I just don't know what happened to Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, it's he like, got bad. He, he was used to be make great movies. Yeah, he got bad basically. I mean, did you the see the director Twitched? of Jack? That was like <laughs> Jack, starring like, Robin he had Williams. A bunch of bad movies, <laughs> like really bad movies. I rewatched the trailer for and that I recently. How, I don't know <laughs> it's how. Pretty funny. Yeah. Some people just lose their shit. So many great directors that were like awesome I, I in the seventies so. and eighties, they just hit a certain age where they're like, either they stop trying or they get dementia or some shit. There's some directors that like manage to stay great. <laughs> it, it's like throughout their entire lives. Because I don't know, but I don't know how the guy who made Apocalypse Now and like the conversation makes Twixt. Like it's just so bad. I think I, it, it like, might just be a matter of like how hard they try too. Like it, it's if mm-hmm. you see something yeah. that is like equally ambitious that fails hard, like like a Wachowski film or something like that, then it's like okay, they just yeah. don't know what they're doing anymore. But when I see a Francis Ford Coppola movie comparing to his older works, it doesn't seem nearly as ambitious. It do, it just doesn't seem like as hard as there. It does, doesn't seem like he's trying. It feels like he's like. I made a name for myself. I have this great catalog. Whatever. Like, I don't know. <laughs> it just doesn't seem like he's... And I mean, obviously, the, yeah. the movies that he's created that are great Maybe are so incredibly ambitious <laughs> that, like, it's hard to even compare. Like, how could you make movies that are as ambitious as, like, the original Godfather movies and Apocalypse Now? Like, those are some of the most ambitious mm-hmm. movies ever made. But still, <laughs> like, it, it just doesn't seem like he cares as much anymore. Yeah. Like, not nearly, even. Really banking off that name. Yeah. It's cruel. Yeah. And throwing his daughter in the movie for no fucking reason. Do you think he did that yeah. knowing she sucks? <laughs> like, do you think he was just like, yeah, I honestly can't Whatever. fathom. He's like trying to get her a name in Hollywood. she's a good director. A, she a went on to direct some great... Yeah, Lost in Translation. Great movies. Lost Translation, yeah. But she's fucking terrible as an actor. Yeah, she's so what, bad. It was supposed she to be... the movie, basically. Yeah, she's That character was supposed awful. to be played by Winona Ryder... Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. She's a major character. Yeah. But she dropped out to do Edward Scissorhands. Oh, no. Um, so we're left with, um, yeah. <laughs> Sophia. The daughter. <laughs> who is who is so bad that um, <laughs> most of her dialogue had to be redubbed because she had this, like, um, oh, accent God, really? that just really didn't sell. <laughs> I noticed there was a lot of dubbing in this movie, too. Like, not just her. Yep. It was, like, very noticeable. Yep. 
And I didn't notice that at all in the first two films. And even if, when we're looking at things like the practical effects, like the gunshot wounds and everything, the gunshot sound effects were fucking awful. They sounded like they were from like yeah. GoldenEye or some shit. Yeah, it, like, it sounded like a video game. Yeah, it was like GTA. Like, when they had that shit down in the first two movies, you'd think you'd just hire the same guy doing like Foley or whatever. You'd think you'd just, like, I don't know, maybe he died but or something. But like, you'd think if you have that down in the first two movies, that would be something that you would have down in the third, right? But no, it's just a lot of what made those two special and impressive is just completely missing from this movie. And it, it you could have told me it was directed by somebody else and I would have believed you. It doesn't really feel the same at all. It doesn't have that authenticity at first. Not time. at all. It doesn't even have the dark contrasty lighting really, which is something the no. studios hated. And now that it's gone, it's like, I miss it. <laughs> I miss how I miss the look of the Godfather movies. It's not really here anymore in this one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't hate it. I think there's a I lot of good things it. about it. It's not like it's not like the worst movie we've ever <laughs> talked about. It's not like the prequels or something. But it is like not on that level of the first two. It's not even close. It's everything yeah. I was fearing the second one would be. Okay. Basically. And it wasn't. And so you've seen part three before, right? I've seen parts of it before. I never oh, sat really? down and watched the entire thing. Okay. But I'd seen like the ending. I'd seen all Sofia Coppola's acting. Oh god! Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, the, the, the shoot the I'd seen in the in the top. It's yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, like it she can't feel like act the same for movie. shit. When when fucking <laughs> when she dies and she's like dad dad <laughs> just falls over it's like, oh my god and yeah. then her love interest cousin is just like no <laughs> for the first two hours the movie was just like really really boring and then the last hour it just became fucking laughable it just became a comedy yeah. mm -hmm. it was just so absolutely ridiculous and just fucking fell apart in such a monumental way it was so embarrassing really melodramatic yeah, yeah. The, the whole love plot with the cousins was ridiculous yeah what the fuck? Yeah, the class and style just robbed of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a shame. It's really sad what happened. It is a shame, but <laughs> it's also like they they had a decision. They they could have kept their integrity and not made it and just left <laughs> this awesome duo of movies. But they had they had to you know they had to make money, the money, which is fine. Yeah. It's a capitalist society, but it's yeah. like why don't you make a good movie? But it's like, yeah, like you had, you had you have all that the resources. Time. You know, Why tons of people right? are going to watch it. They yeah, didn't know how to make right. a good yeah. movie anymore. Get someone else to direct it, even. If it's clear yeah. Francis Ford Coppola doesn't give a shit, have him produce it, and then have someone else write it and direct yeah. it. I don't know what the fuck like, it's even. Um, yeah, it's a mess. And Al Pacino like, even had huge problems with it. Like he, uh -huh. he, he said he he didn't believe that his character would do the things that he does in that movie. <laughs> like go to confession. Like, yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Could you imagine being Al Pacino acting alongside Sofia Coppola in those scenes? Because that's all I was thinking. It's like, <laughs> this guy is there in the it's same funny. shot, and she is delivering her lines. And he's just like, he has to just take it like a champ. You can't just yeah. be like, hey, because, director, because your she's daughter related fucking to the director. sucks. Like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody on set's thinking already. Right. Everyone Does the director know? It, but they can't say anything. That's <laughs> yeah. brutal. It just seemed like yeah. super awkward. Yeah. <laughs> it must be terrible. <laughs> oh, what a mess! <laughs> I love the uh, I love the end of the movie. Well, because like yeah, again, like really melodramatic, especially with like Al Pacino screaming or whatever. And he does a good job. Like he's he's doing great with what he has to work with. But then like it literally just cuts to him older 
they literally put him in old person makeup just for him to put on sunglasses and slump over in a chair and die. Like that's what they, they literally it's, did. It's that. Hilarious. And it's like, why? Yeah. You could have ended the movie before that. I get you that you're trying to be like conclusive and being like, this means that this this trilogy was justified. This movie was justified because we show the death of the character. But it's out of nowhere. Like the movie could have just ended before mm-hmm. that. You literally it's just two did shots. a time it's jump. It's really <laughs> to show him an old person makeup, putting on sunglasses and fucking dying. And that's supposed to be this like epic conclusion to this trilogy she's like eh. the end like what the fuck that was so unintentionally comical it was so funny mm-hmm. that was ridiculous yeah, i felt the same way about it <laughs> even that that moment when the daughter died it totally didn't work oh yeah at all. i was kind of cringing it was it wasn't <laughs> it didn't have that traumatic <laughs> tragic it felt moment. very yeah like horrible. and then he's screaming Ooh. everyone's going like no no! <laughs> and I'm like, oh, this is yeah. so bad. It's like, it's, I'm, it's I was like, like the what? helicopter scene. They're just trying to they're trying to bring it to such a higher level, but removing all subtlety from everything. It's like that's seven not hours what build want. up to this moment of everyone screaming, and it's yeah. just like, oh my god, like, this, this is, is so what you're building up to. <laughs> Holy shit! No, please, no, god. <laughs> <laughs> but on the subject of um, him dying in that chair at the end, um, we have a, <laughs> we have a question from oh, no. the movie fan one hundred and one, mm-hmm. who says. This is a question pertaining to your Godfather trilogy discussion. Originally, Francis Ford Coppola did not want the title Godfather Part 3. He wanted the title to be The Death of Michael Corleone. The studio would not let him. Coppola always viewed the saga not as a trilogy, but as a set of two films with an epilogue. Do you think Part 3 would have been better received if it not been given the title of Godfather? <laughs> no, I don't think it changes the quality Yeah, of I don't give a shit. It's still all. a bad movie. Yeah, yeah because title... it doesn't ex even if it did have the title The Death of Michael Corleone, like it it isn't executing on that idea in a satisfying way. Then no one would have saw it. Yeah, and they just did the same ending too. Just like, Yeah. <laughs> nothing was really leading up to it. It's not like a culmination of events. He just got he, he just fucking died of old age. Broken heart. Like you said, some it's like shit. the same like... plot. They go to the wedding, there's a hit scene in the middle that has no consequence in the story. The, it ends like in an opera and a bunch of people are assassinated. It's just like the baptism oh my scene. God. Or, it, it's like the same thing. <laughs> when, when the guy when the guy was like holding up the other guy's dead body to pretend he was being strangled by him and then did the surprise <laughs> stab. That was so funny. That was really weird. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> that was so stupid. How do you hold up someone's dead body and pretend you're being strangled by them? He's like, oh good, you got him. <laughs> my God. That was yeah. so funny. It feels like a like a robot analyzed the first two movies and pinpointed a formula yeah. and then applied it in with the like same cast. Yeah. It's really strange to watch. Procedurally generated Godfather script. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the bad DLC that no one bought. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it's it's it, a shame. I, I'm it's surprised it got nominated for seven Oscars. It didn't win any, but yeah. the fact that the Academy yeah, was like, well, I mean, Oscars it's a Godfather are. movie, so I guess it's probably an Oscar. Yeah, movie. rode off the yeah, title course. and names. Yep, really. Uh, yeah, I want to see. I want to see if. Uh, oh, Andy Garcia was nominated. I want to see if Sofia Coppola was nominated. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> she won she two Razzies, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Holy yeah, Best original song? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, because they added lyrics to the, fucking, to the main theme. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh, because his son sings oh, yeah. it, doesn't he? <laughs> even, the, even the music in this was like a parody of the Godfather music. Yeah. It was so sad. 
it's so unintentionally silly and really boring. The the only parts of the movie <laughs> that I enjoyed were just the really funny parts where it wasn't even trying to be. It was super, super fucking clunky. Obviously, the passion isn't there. It was really cheesy. It just felt like a fucking TV movie. Nothing mattered. I didn't care <laughs> about did. anybody. I didn't care about their relationships. Like I didn't care about what after. was going on. It's just fucking stupid. What would you give it? Uh, Three out of ten. Okay. Pretty confident about that. I think, yeah, like four out of ten. Like, okay. I liked some things about it. I still like all the performances. Like, they're still really good. Then they're All trying. the performances. It's just the movie as a whole. <laughs> Except, uh, you know, <laughs> Sofia Coppola. I don't know if she was trying or not. She wasn't good. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> like Andy Garcia, like, I thought he was pretty good. And I still thought Al Pacino was good, even though he was overacting. There's a lot about it I can respect it for. It's not, yeah. like, the worst movie ever. It's not the worst thing we've talked about, either. It, it looks it's, it's nice. It's not up to that quality. It wasn't terribly it's shot. A, it looked okay. Yeah, it looked okay. There were some nice I shots. still prefer the, the style of the first two. Mm-hmm. with that contrast yeah, and the agreed. orange. Yeah, I think I have to agree with Ralph's rating of two star because I'm torn on this idea that it's serviceable as like a stupid mob movie on its own. But given the context of it being the third in not only a trilogy, but following The Godfather Part 1 and 2 <laughs> and everything they represent... It it kind of makes it extra bad in my mind. I, I never I like I never want to see this movie again. Like why would I? It's so long. It drags on and on. And the only thing that I can really get out of it is just the the meme of the. <laughs> just when I thought I was out, they put me back in, which is like joked about in in the Sopranos, which is like a really funny scene where they like mock it. Yeah, like That's I guess funny. two stars. But I mean, like. Maybe even lower, honestly. I'll have a think <laughs> yeah. about it and rate it when this episode comes out. Because genuinely, like, what is there aside from just the absolute, just dedication to the to the formula? You know, like, where's the where's the artistry beyond just the the cash grab nature of it? Mm-hmm. Like that 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 really bugs me. That that side of it because it's like, okay, yeah, make your money. That's fine. Like, I have no problem with that. Like earn it, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, be be worthy of the first two. Yeah. Or just not even this bad. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't. Yeah, it's, a, sure. it's a pretty high bar to set. You don't have to be this fucking terrible. You can at least pretend to be uh-huh. like a little bit faithful towards the ideas that they're communicating in the first two films. It it wasn't even that. It was like if somebody different who didn't even like The Godfather made this movie. Yeah. I'm taking into account, too, like, I had really high expectations from those first two. And Mm -hmm. seeing this for the first time in full, maybe that's why I'm, like, so resistant to it. If I watched it maybe in the future, I would like it more. Imagine if, like, you were a huge fan of Godfather Part 1 and 2, and then what year did this come out? 90-something. Nineteen ninety like comes around. You're like, oh, they're finally doing it. They're going to round off the trilogy. <laughs> like, how would you feel? Like, I really think you would be like, what? I bet that's just <laughs> so wrong. That feels so fucking off. <laughs> and in that way, like, I really don't see much merit in it, especially when with the like just ridiculous places it does go with, especially with the like incest thing. Like, uh, that, yeah, like, what, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> What yeah. the fuck, Francis? Like, why was that so... <laughs> yeah. Your own That's daughter. really strange. I'm glad they put that in there, because I think without that, like, 
there's basically nothing to talk about <laughs> you know <laughs> like if if it was like the same the but it was yeah. yeah if it was winona rider and they took the incest bit out like what would there be to even say about it oh it's just the formula, he feels sad worse. now He's yeah sad. yeah man i don't buy it i don't this is this is basically like giving Adam Wingard the Death Note movie. It's like, <laughs> so you don't even understand what made the original good. You don't give a shit, clearly. Except it's the guy who directed yeah, the original. Yeah, that's what's one. sad about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the same people involved. They're like, oh, but twenty know. years later, they're totally different people. He hadn't yeah. made a movie like yeah. that in a long time. I don't even. Like, I think Apocalypse Now maybe like fried his brain because that yeah, movie maybe. was a nightmare yeah. for him to direct, even more than this. I gotta respect him for making these really difficult to make movies. But I feel like Absolutely, it fucking yeah. fried his brain, and then he could never make a movie after that. I barely associate Al Pacino, young Al Pacino, with old Al Pacino. They seem like completely different people. Yeah. yeah. That was really bugging me in part three. Like, it, yeah. it didn't seem like the same character. It seemed like Al Pacino seemed reluctantly like Al Pacino. came <laughs> back <laughs> he with, was like just to get his paycheck. He was like playing Jimmy Hoffa he does in The Irishman. It was more mm -hmm. like that than it yeah, was yeah, Michael yeah. Corleone. Who was very reserved and quiet, even his but voice. he took it out like he was a brute force. Like he killed ten people in that first movie. He was very scary, mm -hmm. and but it was all restrained and like looks, method acting like that. And it, now it's so over the top. Yeah. Now he's just fucking yelling at everybody and cursing. It's it's hysterical. Yeah. I no! could I could watch like a super <laughs> cut of all the funny scenes from this movie. That would be the only way I watch it again. It's like just a few clips from like the end and a bunch of incest shit and. The bad acting from Sophia. <laughs> if you, you so could get like a really long. good like ten minute long supercut of all the funny parts, I would totally watch that. Somebody yeah. make a supercut of the all the bullshit from this movie and post it on YouTube, <laughs> and I'll like add it to my favorites or whatever. There's a lot of funny moments. Make sure you include the fake the fake strangle and the surprise stab. Anyway, <laughs> it's so long and it's still not even three hours long. It's not as long as the other two. Yeah, that's the but irony. It, it had feels like, It had like this insistence that it was epic because it was trying to be really long and have lots of characters but there was nothing going on like in the story they didn't know so what to do with really them uh-huh <laughs> yeah i don't know any new characters they introduced like i can't remember any of them the uh the the incest cousin that isn't uh, yeah Mary. that's the only one <laughs> oops <laughs> all right um i guess we uh i guess we talked about the godfather movies yeah we did it, it was fun. question time yeah Let's do some questions from the Sardonicast subreddit. If you want to leave your own questions for us to answer on the next episode, head over there to the suggestion thread and ask us whatever you like. Let's start with this one then from uh, Elephant646, who says, Do you boys have any stories of embarrassing styles you had when you were young? Haircuts, clothes, where you talked, etc. Of course. <laughs> I didn't have a sense of style when I was younger. Yeah, same. Not at all. Like, it's just, I I don't even know if I really have that much of a sense of style now. I'm just, I guess, more consistent. I, uh, my brother had a mullet, so I got a mullet. Was a, I was a mullet child. <laughs> um, I had a bowl mullet cut child. at one point. Um, throughout, like, most of junior high, I wore, like, cargo pants so like just like a shit ton of pockets it's like fit fit a fucking calculator in there and shit yeah and then the day i finally started wearing like normal jeans everybody at school was like adam's wearing jeans it was really weird yeah 
I always had cargo pants. <laughs> I was just thinking of like functionality, you know. I didn't I, I didn't think about style. Yeah. I was just thinking like I have so many pockets to carry candy in. This <laughs> this makes sense to yeah. me. There's a billion pockets. Yeah. God, I was the exact same. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember like I I did the same thing. I was like always just I didn't think I owned a pair of jeans because I was like watching some <laughs> some comedy show and like one of the like 50 year old panelists was mocked by one of the other ones saying i bet this guy doesn't even own a single pair of jeans and i was like wait i don't own a pair of jeans <laughs> and that was your character arc <laughs> that was my character arc yeah i honestly didn't get anything star related sort until i was literally like 2021 20, like i was hopeless mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff with haircuts and everything like i would just i wouldn't even go to hairdressers i'd just like reset like it would just, I just buzz it down to just like one length all the way, and then I just let it grow until it was too far, and just reset button. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's good. That's the way to do it. It's yeah, more efficient. Hate going to the barber shop. <laughs> well, now you yeah, don't I, have to. I used to hate it until I found a barber I liked. Yeah, now I don't have to. My eraser red hair, maybe. <laughs> Although I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that suited you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even now, I don't really give too much of a shit about fashion at all i'll just you know i like darker colors i like you know i'll wear jeans or whatever but i I don't do anything in terms of like trying to do something fashionable like every shirt i wear is something that i'm like supporting something that i like or wearing the logo of something that i like it'll be from a film festival or a movie or a band or just something that somebody gave to me or like from a convention or something that's pretty much all the shirts i wear and then you know working from home it's just like i don't know fucking pajama pants and sweatpants like if i go outside i'll put on some jeans and that's about it depends where you are too when i'm in la i try to dress like brighter colors i wear shirts mm-hmm. with like pineapples on them oh. and in new york i just wear like gray <laughs> like, <jackets>. you gotta <laughs> it's, you know, it's with funny. the tone yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like change how you look yeah i don't give a shit about fashion <laughs> um how about this one then um it's another not movie related one but it's such a weird question i have to ask it Cytonicast says I don't know why it's directed at Adam, because we can all answer this, but the question is for Adam because he's also Canadian and might have some strange encounters with Canadian geese. (laughs) Have you ever gotten so close to a mother goose and her eggs that another goose hissed at you and then eventually expanded its wings and flew over to you, causing you to run away only for that goose to chase you in the air? This happened to me a couple (laughs) weeks ago while I was loading the car outside my university residence building. (laughs) Uh, it's not it's happened really to me personally, but there's a shit ton of geese in Canada, that's for sure. Just in, like, certain areas, you might have to watch out for goose poop if you're walking in the grass or whatever. Yeah, they're kind of annoying. They're aggro animals. I, oh, yeah. Like, when they're doing their egg thing. You don't mess with a goose. Yeah. Yeah. There that's are a lot of geese in so New York. I don't, I don't mess with them at all. You don't want to mess with them, because they're violent. They're like that. Yeah, they'll fla- flap your <laughs> wings violent. around and scream at you. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to mess with them. Steal your keys. Throw a rake in the lake. Throw shit on your car. <laughs> Do you guys have uh, swans? Um, uh, yeah. I don't know. Sure. Somewhere. Probably, yeah, somewhere in Canada. <laughs> I, I a find somewhere in New York. <laughs> I find swans even scarier because they're really? they're a bit bigger than geese. Yeah, because I think they're a bit bigger, right? Mm-hmm. Are they yeah, as violent? I don't know about that. Well, there was like, this. There was always this one swan 
down when I lived in a different place where I'd walk my dog. It was just like this lone swan that would just wait there and just anyone that would go by it would just like hiss and do all that. And, you know, like you can see its little legs paddling towards you just like just to have a go at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're just like yeah. dicks. The dicks yeah. of the animal kingdom. <laughs> yeah, there's uh, it's pretty intimidating coming across a moose. I gotta tell you, <laughs> it's like that. Oh, that really? can that can fuck you up. Yeah, yeah. They're huge. Have you no ever? Um, you you probably have to worry about that when you're like driving anywhere rural, right? Um. Yeah. Like I guess it depends where. Like, usually out. there's like signs or whatever for like moose, deer, whatever. De- depends on the part of Canada, but yeah, there's there's, there's like a huge, bunch of they? wildlife. Yeah, they're gigantic. They're super huge and very intimidating. <laughs> And scary. <laughs> you do not want to mess with yeah. them. Yeah. What are their temperaments like, though? Will they? I don't know. I guess you? it probably depends on like mating season or something. Um, usually they don't mm. like they come young, too yeah. close to people. They're like kind of doing their own thing. When I uh, ran into one, I was basically like, my parents had a cabin like out away from the city or whatever. So I was like walking around, and then like a moose basically just comes out of the lake like fucking terminator and just starts like wow. rummaging through like other people's campsites i'm like mm, i'll keep my distance sort of thing yeah but yeah it's uh depends on where in, in canada in edmonton there's like a lot of bunnies they're like basically a pest oh yeah there's a shit ton of bunnies yeah yeah vancouver there's like skunks a lot of raccoons in vancouver too what's the biggest predator you've got in the woods over there um kevin spacey <laughs> oh, I don't know. Um, like I've never seen like a bear up close or anything. That would probably mm. freak me out. Bears are the animals I fear most. I don't think I could ever go into a woods or forest if I knew there was even a possibility of a bear being in there. Because it's like the the biggest like predatorial mammal here. It's like what a badger, fox, <laughs> they ain't scary. mushroom. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm glad I don't live in like Australia. Their wildlife seems to want to kill everybody. It's like where all the shark attacks yeah, happen. It's too. terrifying. It seems there's really like, dangerous there. Yeah. There's like this tiny little yeah. uh, kind of like a jellyfish thing where it's like it can sting you without noticing, without you even noticing, and it'll paralyze you and make you like literally unable to breathe. And your only chance yeah. if somebody like notices what's happening and knows what to do like they have to assist your breathing and literally like breathe into your mouth until like paramedics arrive and they can like yeah there's some crazy shit out there Jesus. yeah yeah when i was last in australia i was at like my auntie and uncles and my auntie took me outside and was like look down the side of the house and i was like just a fucking black widow just there just chilling <laughs> it's like oh this God. place is horrifying yeah <laughs> that thing could kill you in in Canada, I don't know. I guess it depends where you live. There's you you can look this up on YouTube, but there's like this town in Canada where they actually have like a polar bear patrol, where they actually have like a, a dedicated part of their town to make sure that polar bears don't eat people, because <laughs> like depending on the time of year, they'll have the, like they might wander in from like further up north, and so they have this team oh, where they'll literally really? like tranquilize it and then airlift it out with a helicopter and like fly it further back up north because if there's like a lack of food or whatever they might come like wandering into town and just like prowl the streets and you don't want to mess with a fucking polar bear (laughs) 
they're the most yeah. dangerous bear, aren't they? Like, you're not going to survive an encounter with one of those guys. Oh, yeah, it's Churchill, Manitoba. That's what it is. Yeah, they'll fuck you up. They don't give a shit. <laughs> well, that was the, the tangent of the century. Let's do this one from uh, Ready Seth Action, who says, Hey, y'all, how would you say you rate documentaries compared to any fictional piece of film? I find it sometimes hard to rate a documentary since it is so fact-heavy and usually structured different to a regular movie. Yeah, that's true. Depends on the documentary, too. If it's a, because there's documentaries that are like history documentaries or about an event, yeah. and then there's some documentaries like American Movie that are about like a couple guys, like yeah. a, it's more of a narrative, like following people. Like American Movie is kind of structured like a movie, kind of like a narrative fiction. I mean, it depends what the overall experience of the film is and what its goals are. So the higher rated documentaries, in my opinion, one that's likely to make my best of the year list, are going to be documentaries that. It's not just like, oh, yeah, I agree with the narrative presented here. It's going to be something that goes out of its way to be like really well shot and creative and well presented, well edited, cinematic in a way. Yeah, there's a lot of qualities that carry over. Yeah, exactly. You can have a documentary like that presents and... its information in a way that you agree with or that, you know, is intelligent. But I think that with documentary being, you know, it's it's still a film. It's still an art form. You can still do things to the presentation of the documentary to make it more of a cinematic experience. And that's not even necessarily editing. You know, that's all aspects of the film, really. It can it can look really cheap or not. Is. Yeah. Yeah. How, how like unique the, the subject is. Like yeah. there's a bunch of documentaries about the Fire Festival. It's not like as original or enjoyable. It's like mm. a documentary like Tickled that's just made about one thing. It's the only movie about that. Yeah, it really depends on what it's going for. There's a British documentary mm -hmm. called uh, 63 Up. Have, have you ever heard of the Up series, Alex? By no, Michael Apted? Oh my God, you got to watch it. Um, they Basically, cool. it's like a movie every seven years. And the director has been going on this project since like the 60s. And basically, he f found just a bunch of different seven-year-old kids from varying backgrounds and just basically interviewed them. And then seven years later, they're 14 and then interviews them again. Seven years later, they're oh, 21, wow. interviews them again. And then when you see the most recent film, like there's a bunch of them. They're all pretty interesting and, and fascinating. The newest one, it's called 63 Up. It's it's like a, um, I think it was for the BBC. So it's like very much a presentation of like a TV documentary. But with mm -hmm. everything going into it and everything it's saying like the emotions of the film, like it, it all comes together really, really well into this incredibly unique cinematic experience that is unlike anything, really. Would that highly recommend really that. Awesome. Yeah, it's like three hours long, but I haven't seen the new really one. good. You don't even have to watch the old ones to, to jump in. Like you could start with 63 Up and they show a bunch of clips and footage from the previous movies to like tie into what they're currently saying and what, where they are in their lives and stuff like that. So yeah, that that's a really great documentary in my opinion. The technology too now to make documentaries, it's way easier to make them now than it was back then because the cameras were just really large, like in the seventies and sixties. Mm -hmm. Like to to bring all that equipment with you and change the film, it was really rough. And now it's like you could bring these really small portable cameras with you. You could be way more like a like a journalistic approach and have hidden cameras and stuff. Yeah. I've seen documentaries do that. Like yeah, the Cove it, cool. was really cinematic in that 
sort of sense. Yeah. Like, they it felt like kind of a heist movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, the documentary being made, it's not supposed to be made. Yeah, that had an interesting thing. What about, like, the like Blue Planet and stuff like that? Oh, I love it. Like epic, you know? Yeah. Documentary yeah. series? The, the BBC Symphony Orchestra adds so much to those. Like, the yeah. music is yeah. such an important part of those documentaries. And obviously, the filmmaking, too. Like, there's a lot of impressive stuff mm-hmm. going on there, but... Um, like that that would be a great example of like a really cinematic documentary it's epic filmmaking yeah mm-hmm. yeah i never really thought about it it's a good question actually yeah the netflix like documentary series i think some of them feel padded out like the cats one the don't fuck with cats did you hear okay. about that yeah I, i'm aware of like it i haven't seen killer. it though yeah it's like a serial killer of cats on po- posted online. Like it was good, but they tried to make it a series. Hmm. They, like it made it a few episodes long. It was really padded out. Yeah. It could have just yeah. been like a ninety-minute documentary, but they insist on making these series for some reason. Well, I mean, like they didn't even get to the part where he tried to murder Rebel Wilson and Jason De- Derulo. <laughs> and uh, that's the guy, fat guy, James Corden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> please. <laughs> Cats. <laughs> Cats. The butthole cut. Release the butthole cut! That. They don't need to release it, but God, I heard about how much of a dick Tom Hooper was on set. Yeah, apparently. To, 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 or like to the VFX people, I mean. Yeah, like, I'm he was blown just, away. Like, ridiculous demands, like four months they had to do all the effects. <laughs> At some point they added buttholes in and no one knew where it came from and they had to digitize <laughs> all of them out. It's like ridiculous. Like he clearly had no understanding of like visual effects or any of that stuff. Yeah. It's ridiculous. That, that always that always spells a disaster when you have crazy demands from someone that, that doesn't even understand like what the actual process is. Yeah, what he's doing. Like you it might as well just be like either. a studio head making those demands to a director. Oscar winning director. Yeah. Give uh, it back. And other news yeah. too. Did you see the Ezra Miller thing? Like, what the fuck was that? Oh, where he like <laughs> he hit someone, didn't he? I watched yeah, the clip. He like and I was strangled like, the fan. If that's oh. real, like what a fucking Did you watch the clip? Yeah, I did. Cause and like from what, I, how it looks, it looks like he just strangled a fan. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, like, it I'm could not be quick fake, to, but I don't to know. jump on from it because, like, from what I saw, like they both seemed like drunk and laughing, and he might have just been like, you know, like play fighting know. or something. Like I don't know what the fuck happened there, but I'm not leaning one way or the other. I'm just, you know, obviously saying. Yeah, <laughs> like, there's a bit of context missing because it does just cut off, and there's no expansion yeah. on what what happened there. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, they both looked very drunk, and I don't know if they were being serious or whatever, but or if he was just like misinterpreting a level of, uh, I guess, playful <laughs> playfulness. Like I don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. It is a weird jump, though, to be sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's very strange. Okay, let's do this cute one from uh, Alistair underscore thirteen, who says, "What are your guys' favorite movie MacGuffins? Give us a MacGuffin you like." The fuck's a MacGuffin? It's a hard one. <laughs> you want to look up like the Wikipedia? You joking? Like R two D two? He's a MacGuffin. A MacGuffin. Like a like a like a plot device, like Object like the, device the ring or event that is necessary to the plot and to the motivation of the characters. Yeah, like the ring from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't hear that word used. Has some deeper meaning to it. Or like uh, the child in a uh, Children of Men, like that. That okay. Be a MacGuffin. That's true. The child. <laughs> yeah, I guess that, that counts. Hmm. All right, you guys go first. I'll think about this. I like the 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 sled, or you could say the yeah the sled from Citizen Kane. Oh, uh-huh. that's a good one. It's a good uh, twist. What a twist! Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I do. I do quite like R2D2. He's cute. 
Yeah, R two D two is a good one. The the glowing briefcase from Pulp Fiction. I think that's yeah, that's iconic a good one, one. <laughs> for sure. And people always speculate what it is, and yeah, I like how that's kept vague. The Goober in Spider Verse is a little self referential one. Oh yeah, that's true. I like that one. They do that the the Phil Lord and Chris Miller with all their movies. Like Lego Movie had the with Craggle, which is like the glue. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The yeah they've actually got some good <laughs> yeah. ones. They like doing that self referential MacGuffin. Yeah. The crackle. What was the it? Crackle's in, a really good one. It was in Burn After Reading. There was like a script <laughs> or something. Oh that, yeah, <laughs> that was like interpreted as being real, but it was just someone trying to <laughs> trying to. It was like his memoirs. Oh yeah. yeah, it was his memoirs. That was yeah, like, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> that movie's so funny. Yeah, the Book of the Dead, in Evil Dead. The Book of Eli. Remember that? It was the Bible. Oh God. Yeah, I never saw that, that one. Yeah, it was a piece of crap. Don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> it just came to my mind. I don't know. I don't usually <laughs> think of movies in that way. It's not a question I ask. I think those are the most iconic ones. Like the ones yeah, we no. said. Yeah, I think you're right. Does Turns have a MacGuffin? Like, I bet there's some movies like that that have a MacGuffin. I'm, I just don't remember them because they're Turned. so boring. Yeah, maybe Godfather 3 had a MacGuffin. MacGuffin's such a weird word. Yeah, I don't know the history like of where that came from. It sounds yeah. like a British thing. <laughs> it does, yeah, it does. Oh, what about like the carpet from um, <laughs> Big Lebowski? Is that a MacGuffin? The what? The carpet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of what starts the whole story in motion. Yeah. The, the piano from uh, Punch Drunk Love, like that oh, harpsichord yeah. mm-hmm. thing he had. Yeah. yeah. That's one. Mm-hmm. Do we want to do one more? We can do one more. Yeah, yeah let's do one more. Let's do this one then from GGG375, who says, What genre would you explore if you had the ability to make a feature film? Everyone has the ability. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, if it was horror. handed to you on a silver platter, let's... Oh, horror, so yeah? on a silver platter. Probably, you know what, the hardest kind of movie to pull off is like a epic science fiction movie. So if mm-hmm. it, like the resources were handed to me on a platter, I'd probably do either like a science fiction or a war movie. <laughs> like something really hard to do like that yeah i think um i don't know my heart is in drama as like a genre i think that i would love to tackle a musical make like a musical feature film yeah Yeah. so that'd be cool yeah if if like i don't know because i look at films like um once like that's a movie where like the music is really 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 great and it carries the whole movie forward basically. So if I'm trying to think like if I were to take the plunge into directing like a first feature, if let's say, you know, my album's released and it's well received and people consider it to be like a professional quality sort of thing, then that's already one aspect where I would have that amount of confidence would be like the music. So that would be taken care of pretty much already. And then the filmmaking mm-hmm. after that point, although, yeah, it's important to to know what you're doing when it comes to the filmmaking, you could also use that as like an opportunity to kind of like learn as you're going. Because like everybody's first feature isn't going to be like a masterpiece or anything anyway. So if the film is offering that. something like... <laughs> But, I mean, okay, well, <laughs> all right. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> like if the film is offering something more than just the filmmaking aspects, you know, then if, if let's say there's some like noticeable budgetary constraints when it comes down to the actual filmmaking or just a lack of experience there, at least there would be 
some other element to the film that would hold it up and it's not just trying to offer one particular i guess creative aspect fair enough i guess for me uh i don't know there's i love animation so i'd, mm -hmm. I'd love to have the capacity to because that's that's half the battle isn't it just getting anything like that made yeah not being for little kids um mm -hmm. that's what's so cool about things like anomalisa and mm -hmm. you know taking the kind of adult story and applying it you're calling animation like a genre is this i don't know about that but it's, it's more of like a tool a presentation kind of, yeah do you know what I mean? Like it, it is a huge investment and talent pool is required to to pull off something like that. Unless, we all know. wish we had just $50 million in a bin that we could yeah, spend exactly. on the yeah. movie, but... If I had exactly. all the resources to make like a legit animated feature film, I would love to do that. I agree with you there. Like when I, when yeah. I gave my answer, yeah. I was thinking like really practically of like, you know, what would be a logical step towards yeah. making something like, yeah that's how i was saying like, like logically i would do a horror movie like that yeah. you could do on a no budget yeah for like a science fiction or a musical like that yeah mm -hmm. you need <laughs> you need a lot yeah. and you need to negotiate with a lot of different people and by the time it gets to the movie when it's done like it's a totally different thing because there's been so many voices and things attached to it that's not you know your original vision if i was fucking elon musk then I would make an animated feature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just had those resources. If I divorced sure. Jeff Bezos, then I would make an animated feature. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, like I wish I had that kind of money. Because then making movies would be nothing. Yeah, and it, it's just like, like if you don't have to worry nothing. about the return or investment, you know, it's just like if you just have a fuck ton of money and you want to express yourself creatively and you have ultimate control over everything and you know if something doesn't turn out well what you can you can do reshoots you can throw more money at it something like that unlimited resources i would love to make a Unless really great time, yeah. animated movie i would love to make something like that that yeah. would be up there for sure yeah that would be my answer yeah cuz that's like the the creativity um involved in that like you you don't have as much holding you down the world of animation is so expressive you can do whatever mm -hmm. you want you can communicate whatever you want when you're filming something in live action like to an extent you, you have to think of things a bit more practically whereas like animation it's just like any idea yeah. you have of course you can just, yeah you can yeah. express that so yeah I, I agree with you alex animation would be for sure up there for me yeah all right i guess we did questions I think we got it we did it <laughs> yeah all right um so we have a movie recommendation, and uh, it should be my turn, but I'm going to swap with Ralph because um, we're having a guest on uh, next episode yeah, that he invited. So. Uh, Elvis the Alien is going to come on, and we're going to discuss Ooh. a movie I recommended. Ooh, yeah. Called, uh, it's a pretty recent movie called Ex Machina, directed by Alex Garland. Oh, there we go. Oh, cool. So nice. That'll be the movie we discuss next time. Okay, great. Epic. Awesome. Great. What planet is Elvis the alien from? Not sure. Oh. Planet 420, I think. <laughs> oh, jeez. Dank. <laughs> planet COVID-19. <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you all for listening, everybody. If you want to support the show, go to uh, sardonicast.com. Sign up for premium. $2 a month, you'll get these episodes early as they're edited. Same thing with patreon.com slash sardonicast. Also, we have merch. Link in the descriptions. Uh, thank you so much, and we'll catch you in two weeks. If you don't want to be spoiled for Ex Machina, 
Alex Garland, uh, then watch that before the next yeah. episode's out because we're going to have a spoiler discussion. All right. Chentani. <laughs> All right. Cheers. Bye, <laughs> bye everybody. Bye. Feel better, Alex. Bye. Arrivederci. Yeah. <laughs>